2: Hello, and welcome to the Cop Table preview of the Leicester versus Liverpool game down at the King Power Stadium this uh, coming Saturday for the first time. This evening we will be recording both on Periscope and YouTube uh, for the first time obviously and we hope you all enjoy our our new format on the show. Today we're going to be joined by Leicester fan, Pete Selby, who's been on the Cop Table previously. He's also uh, a broadcaster and journalist and a member of the For Fox Sake podcast. Welcome to the Cop Table once again.
3: Pete, how are you? Yeah, I'm sound chaps. I'm... I'm, uh... I'm delighted that you got the podcast name right
2: as well. Yeah, I always struggle with that one. I've got to be very careful (laughs) with that one. Excellent pod though, yeah. Okay, and uh, for Liverpool once again, joining me is uh, Jay Riley. Jay is uh, part of the Radio City Fan Friday talk show, also writes for the Liverpool Echo, um, does a little bit on Redmen TV and uh, LFC TV as well. So welcome back to the Cop Table, Jay. How are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad, mate. Just recording a little bit from... uh Bit of a heavy weekend, celebrating it there, going top of the table.
2: Good stuff, yeah. Okay, then, starting off uh, the podcast with you, Pete. Leicester took three points on Saturday due to a late winner from Harry Maguire. But what was the overall performance like in that game? And um, and did Leicester deserve the victory in that
3: game? I don't know whether you can say they deserve to win. Probably a draw, really. Um, they didn't play... Too well, but they were. It wasn't like they were. They were appalling against the, a side in Southampton, where they really haven't got anyone you fear. So you do go down there thinking you can get three points. Now all the players who were half decent probably played for you guys actually, but uh, they've all been sold off. You, you go back in the years, and even the likes of Lattissier, Le- 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 they haven't got these stars at the moment. So it's a place you can get points. And the way Leicester did it was by Puel's selection. What he's He's changed the team round to have a lot more pace, um, athletic ability, and also quite a lot of youth as well, which means that in the last 15 minutes of games, I'm not saying that we were poor before at all, but now we will have an advantage over a lot lot of teams around that mid-table to lower-table area of the Premier League. So when we're drawing games going into the final 10, we look the only team, especially after the red card as well, that we're going to go and get the three points, and it was just a matter of time, and it just happened to be uh, Old Slallowed himself with a twenty yarder.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think you uh, touched on something there, Peter, about about the pace of uh, Leicester City. I think, I think it's becoming pretty obvious now in the Premier League, isn't it? The the team, the teams who are winning games are teams with pace. If you look at. Uh, don't have a dig at them, but Manchester United did the night. They didn't seem to have any pace in the side at all, the, it, the play was slow, um, and I think it's pretty evident now that, that pace is vital in, in this Premier League, what's your thoughts on that?
3: I completely agree, I can't believe we lost to Man U on the opening day looking at what they're doing now, but um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's right, and that's what Puel has done with the side, obviously the side's moving on to the team that won a couple of years ago, and he's... Rep- Placing players with players who are physically fit and, again, very mobile. The one big surprise and the the headline of that is by bringing in Mendy, who was a unknown, really, because he's only played a couple of games, got injured for a season, went out on loan then for a season. And now he's back. And it was a complete surprise when we played at home against Wolves that he was even in, in the first-team squad, let alone in the first team. And he's been playing very well. Him and Ndidi are two very paced, See uh, combative midfielders anchoring the midfield, and gives the ability of Madison and the two wide players along with the forward to not have to get back all the time because they're going to sit there and get across the park. They can also cover for fullbacks going forward, which we replace Simpson with Pereira, who looks at a tremendous signing, and already yes, he, he's looking good. And people are saying, how long are we going to hold on for him? For? Because he's, he looked tremendous in only three games, and um, and obviously, Chilwell on the other side next to get forward, so it's a, it's a bit of a, a rebirth of Leicester, they're changing the way they play they still have some of the old faces there um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's looking good at these uh, early stages, but that's what quail likes, the likes of um, Simpson out of the side now, King and, and, and other midfielders are, are not really going to get a, a go even people like Okazaki as well um, they're, they're just not quick enough they're just not agile enough and uh, in, in Okazaki's case he doesn't last 90 minutes,
2: even when fully fit. Yeah, over to yourself now then, Jay. Um, it was a hard-fought victory against uh, Brighton on Saturday evening, against a well-drilled and well-organised side, and they caused us a few problems and good save from Allison in, in the last minute to keep us, um, keep us within the three points. But what was your your thought on the, the performance in general, please, Jay?
1: Well, I think now when we go to the Match, you sort of like expect don't you, to just roll teams over because you know this Liverpool side's capable of doing it to most teams, really, aren't we? And you know, we've seen last season we give so many hardens out to teams, so it, it's just a normal now to go the match and expect us to roll these type of teams over. Um, the is though with Brighton, if you analyse the way they performed last season in quite a lot of the games, they, they very rarely got hardens. I mean, Liverpool beat them at the end of the season 4 0, and when we played them in. December time on their own patch. We beat them 5-1. But if you look at all the other games for them, it's, it was very rare that they took a hard off anyone else. So, you know, all things considered, I think Chris Hutton's actually quite a good manager and he has his teams organised and he certainly does with Brighton. And, you know, the thing with Brighton, the, the tails were up, weren't they? they just beaten Manchester United. And, yeah, we know United have had a poor start. We know Mourinho's losing the plot a little bit, but, you know, it's still a decent result for them them to beat them isn't it whether it's you know on their own patch or not and they were buoyant weren't they because you know they've had a decent start and they lost their opening game of the season as well but you know he believes in his players doesn't he and the philosophy that he's got and you know they come to Anfield with obviously with a game plan and they stifled us for long periods really I mean I thought it was a fantastic goal by salary took it really well um but you know we didn't really seem to carve them apart the way we have other teams I and mean, I mean, I know it's early on in, in the season now, but I'm talking about last season. We haven't really got out of second gear yet. I mean, and I, I know we beat West Ham 4-0, but, you know, we, it was cruise control for most of the game. Against Crystal Palace, we had to show another way of winning. And I thought we had to show another way of winning again on Saturday against Brighton, to tell you the truth. You know, credit to them. I mean, people are criticising certain players for not performing, and some players look a little bit undercooked, don't they, from the World Cup, and they haven't had... Much of a pre season, but you know, you've got to sometimes look at the opposition and give them credit where credit's due. And I thought they'd they come with a game, they were confident and they'd done quite well. And you know, towards the end, you know, when Liverpool are looking to sort of seal a deal, if you like, and get the second goal, they actually had chances themselves, didn't they? And, and Alisson had to make a good save towards the end. And this is the problem if you don't put teams to bed, then you know, there's always that opportunity they're going to get at least one chance or two chances in the game, and he might take one of them. and you've got to look at it and say it was a big three points, really, all things considered, because we couldn't afford to be dropping points against a team like Brighton, though, with that being said. So, you know, if you'd analysed last season, we drew 0-0 at home against West Brom, we drew 0-0 at home against Stoke, we also drew 1-1 at home against Everton, and all three of them very poor sides, so you know, all things considered, it was a big three points, really, I mean, I know I've just I mentioned in Everton, there that people think that I'm you know, I'm taking the mickey a little bit, I'm not, because if you look at last season, Everton were a very poor side, albeit now this season, they, they do look like they're improve, much improved now, and they've got a new manager, but them three sides, Liverpool dropped six valuable points, really, last season, so I thought it was a big three points, really, and you know, you've got to give credit to Brighton, all things considered. Spot
2: on. Cheers, Jay. OK, then, um, over to you then, Pete. Uh, Jamie Vardy's been missing due to suspension for um, for the past couple of games, and this will be his uh, final game of his three-match ban on Saturday. How much has he been missed by uh, Claude Puel's side um, in them games that he's
3: missed, please, Pete? Well, if... Vardy's missing from Leicester team. It's a a huge, huge loss. It always will be. Um, The news in the last 24 hours, obviously, that he's um, semi-retired from England. You know, he said he'll be there in case there's a big problem before a tournament. But um, that's a a massive bonus for Leicester. Him signing a new contract, massive bonus for Leicester. It shows that he's now going to stay there for the rest of his career. Um, The the truth answer is, it's not mattered a lot because we've won the two games that he's missed. Nice and simple, really. We, we won at Southampton and then we won nice and easy in the Cup uh, against Fleetwood the other day and a, and a game that he wouldn't have played in anyway. But this is the game. This is the one game where we really are going to miss him. Um, and, and it's to the point of, yes, it was going to be a very difficult game for Leicester anyway with the massive improvement that Liverpool have made over the summer with the new signings and the way that you've started as well. Obviously... It's a difficult place to go, Leicester, for, for many clubs, and Liverpool have, have, have proved that over the years as well. But that's mainly down to Vardy, especially against the big teams at home. To be honest, you could throw all 19 sides really in there. And without him, I think Leicester's chance against Liverpool, that is, at home, diminishes an awful lot. It drops down no end. Ineacho really hasn't fired in Leicestershire. Leicester shirt. He looked very sharp against, I know it's against Fleetwood, but Very determined, very sharp. He has done all pre-season and when he's played. The one thing I'm slightly worried about with him is that he did overstretch for a cross against Fleetwood and he came off just after half-time. Very Gascoigne-esque in Euro 96. Didn't get there. It was just in front of him. And and he was slightly holding the back of his leg. So if he's out, then there is a big problem. But Vardy missing is a huge loss for Leicester. It always will be. But especially against the team where he's had success... And we will need to be at our absolute maximum to get anything from the game. I feel, and for Leicester to be at their best, they need their best player, and that quite simply is Jamie Vardy.
2: Yeah, and also uh, Riyad Mahrez joined Manchester City, didn't he, in, in the close season? So, who's been? Has, has there been a direct replacement for for Mahrez, or has Puel changed the formation to sort of um, counteract the
3: loss of him? Um, we're playing the standard kind of Premier League formation now where you have four with two sitting three in front of a, a lone forward. And Mares is placing the side and he's gone and, um, you know, he'll, he'll always be a hero for what he's done at the club. And it was time for him to then leave. They've replaced him in one way with, with, with a few players. then finally got a number 10 in Madison, who looks a, a very, very good addition, who I imagine will be part of an England squad probably towards the end of the season rather than just now. Um, he looks like he settled into Premier League football very well, already scored. But the Mares position, they've signed a guy um, called uh, Gazelle, as in the uh, the animal, who um, he, he's Algerian. He's a winger. Um, and we saw him for the first time really last night, scored an amazing goal, which was very Mares esque He looks very confident, composed, maybe not as quick, but essentially he looks exactly the same player, if not maybe two or three inches taller. And whether he's going to get a starting berth, I hope he does. He looks like he's got a a set play in him as well. So they've not directly replaced him with a big star signing. They've given opportunities to players. People like Damari Gray, who many people would have seen in the Premier League. He's played over 100 games now for Leicester. He has now been given a a run in the side. The two wing options, the likes of Gray, also Albrighton, this guy, Gazelle, with uh, other people like Diaparte. It's open for any of them to really grasp it and take hold and make that position their own. Especially Gray. I've got my doubts about Gray. Always have done. Um, I just think. I just don't think he's very. I don't think he's good enough to be a regular in the team. I hope he proves me wrong. But he's been given the chance now. This new guy's been given the chance, and it's there for him to take. And only they can do it. So hopefully he plays, and we see what he actually can do. He looks to be in favor. He's come off the bench twice. In three Premier League games, he started a game against Fleetwood, scored a brilliant goal, and hopefully he starts on Saturday in a proper game. Excellent stuff. Thanks,
2: Pete. Okay, then Jay. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of uh, changes to be made to both the starting lineup and maybe even the the formation for for Liverpool this this coming weekend. Do you see Klopp going with either of them things? Do you see? Do you see? A, um, Changes to the lineup, and if if so, who drops out and who comes in for you? Do you think he will freshen things up?
1: Well, I mentioned on the last podcast that I thought there was a possibility that Shakiri might have got a start against Brighton, and if there was someone to maybe miss out, it might have been Roberto Firmino because he he just seems a little bit undercut to me. I've said that a couple of times now. He he's obviously come back from the World Cup, and you know we came back late. Pre-season and he's not really had much of a pre-season. And he just doesn't look fit at all to me. Um, he looks about seventy percent fit, and you know we're struggling a little bit up there. And, and I just thought maybe the change might have been right against Brighton in, in the sense that you could have moved Salah into the centre and put Shakiri in, in Salah's position, and you know Firmino you know, maybe come on with the last twenty minutes. But you know as it happens, Klopp selected the same side, and there's the old adage isn't he, that you should never really change a winning team and I know we we limped over the line, didn't we, against Brighton at the weekend. So, you know, it wasn't exactly a convincing performance, but we still got the three points. We still won the game, you know, we've we've won three on the spin now. So, to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's the type of game to be changing it. I, I really don't. I mean, Shakiri, yeah, I think he's a good player. He's an international player as well. But I can't see him changing that front three. I really can't. And like you like say, in the midfield area, I mean, if anything... The three midfield players have probably been our best performers, certainly Milner and Wijnaldum. They've been playing out of the skin, so I can't see either of them being left out the side because, yeah, OK, Jordan Henderson's the club captain and he's ready, fit and available and wants to be starting games, but I just don't see how he dislodges any of that. Well, obviously them two. I mean, Naby Keita wasn't great either against Brighton, but I think he was superb against West Ham and he'd done really well against Crystal Palace also. So it, it, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it, really, to say... Should there be, be any changes to the team? I mean, defensively, Gomez and Van Dijk have been fantastic together, haven't they? And Andy Robertson's been the Giora cell bunny that we come to know last season. So other than that, I just can't, I can't really see any changes being made. I just think the type of game that it is, it, it's a tricky away game because obviously Leicester is still a good side, aren't They, they won the league a couple of years ago and, you know, I know... Vardy being out, a massive bonus for Liverpool because he does tend to do well against us, he causes us problems and he scores goals against us, I mean he scored seven and eight games against us, something like that, so it's a massive loss to Leicester and it's a bonus to Liverpool um, Mares as well, you know, going and leaving to, to join Manchester City very, very good player, I wouldn't mind Liverpool signing him, obviously he's gone to City now but obviously Leicester haven't got him in the in the ranks for the game on the weekend so really it is a, it is a weakened Leicester side really, but you would look and say, you know, Damari Gray can cause his problem. Pace, Madison looked a very good player. I'd be, Liverpool were interested in him, but he wouldn't have really got the game time at Liverpool. So I think it's a sensible move from going to Leicester where he will play a lot more. And then, of course, you know, you've got to look at the fact that indeed he was another player Liverpool we're interested in and we scouted and you know, he's a very good player in the middle of the park. They've also got Harry Maguire, who... Had a fantastic World Cup, really, and was close to a move. I don't know how close, but he was meant to be close to a move to Manchester United for a lot of money. And of course, in goal, I've got Peter Schmeichel. So Casper uh, Schmeichel. So you know, you've got to look at it and say they're quite solid, really. They've got a good spine to the team as well. So I can't see them being easy to break down. And you no, know, I think it's it's going to be a tricky game. It's you know Crystal Palace away. Was always going to be a tough one, but I think this one going to Leicester is also going to be equally as tough, really. And you know, I think it is a bonus with Vardy being out. And when you look at Liverpool's team, I just think he can't, there's no point in changing a winning team. I really don't think there's there's a necessity to do it because, as I've said a few times, I've said on radio as well, at this moment in time, we've got gaps in between games. When the Champions League kicks in, that's when you might see a little bit more rotation. At the moment, you know, the last time we played was Saturday. This game against Leicester's on Saturday. It's a seven-day gap. There's no real need to change it. But as we know with Klopp, I mean, he sees them in training, doesn't he? You know, day in, day out. And he sees fit to choose whoever he wants. And if someone's not quite doing it in training, then he will make a change. But I just can't see there being any changes. I just don't see any need to do it because there's enough preparation time in between these two matches. And then, of course, after this, we've got an international break. So... To me, I'd keep the same team and you know, let's hope that we can get the three points again.
2: Good stuff. Cheers, Jay. OK, then, Pete, uh, two wins from three games for Leicester so far this this season. We touched on it before about the, the players you mentioned, but who's been the, the standout performer um, during these opening games for you, please?
3: Um, well, I think you have to look at Maguire. It's nice and easy. He stood out a mile at Old Trafford. There was um, two or three interceptions, two or three big headers, which drew... Audible conversation from the stands. You could even hear it on on TV as well. A lot of Man U fans going. That's why we need him. That's why we we could do with him. Um, He's looked uh, very secure. Obviously, the goal against Southampton. You saw the reaction. um I Heard mentioning how close was he of leaving. I think the answer is very close indeed. He was. Uh, he would have gone if Man U came. He would really have gone. And. Um, they did, and Leicester said no, so absolutely fine. He might leave at the end of the season, but he's an absolute rock at the back. They've improved the defence quite a lot. Um, Morgan's still there, still club captain, deservedly so, deservedly in the side, started the season well. Um, They've brought in, obviously, Johnny Evans, people know about. They've brought in a £10 million Benkovic from Eastern Europe, and also uh, a guy who I'm not even going to try and pronounce until he starts playing from Turkey for £20 in the centre-half. And they will be coming into the side towards the mid part of the season once they're fully up to speed, but um, it really has to be Maguire, the spine of the side. Maguire, the two midfielders in Didi, who Liverpool will be interested in. He will be a fantastic midfielder for a Champions League side every year in the next two or three years. He'll be moving on. Uh, Mendy in midfield, and then it, it's Madison. It's the spine of the side has looked very good. Yes, it's early stages, but that's, they're the people who have performed very well and I have to throw in Ricardo as well. We're not too sure whether we're calling him Ricardo or Pereira. Um, it seems to be a uh, mixture. The new right winger slash right fullback. Um, a slight figure, but has a really good leap on him. And the thing that I like, he's tenacious. So when he's actually tackling, he looks like a fullback. And then when he gets forward, he looks like a winger. Um, he's your he's your typical modern day wingback, and he looks in a, a great addition. Uh, costs quite a few quid as well. So yes. It's an evolving side. I think this year for Leicester, it's going to be a a time for not to consolidate ourselves in the Premier League, but to really establish ourselves as, alongside maybe Everton or or maybe one or two other sides who, who think they can be that, that seventh team. I really do believe that Leicester are that seventh team in the Premier League. And also, by the way they're playing and by the squad that they've got, by a distance as well, the side that played yesterday against Fleetwood it was virtually 11 changes, and some. it was a very, very experienced side with plenty of Premier League appearances, Premier League winners' medals and all sorts of international honours throughout the side. They've got a tremendously strong squad now, Leicester, a really, really strong squad. The one thing we have to figure out is, is the first team as strong as it has been because of the loss of Mahrez and obviously this week with the loss of Bardi? I don't think it quite is but it's a young developing first team. We'll
2: see what happens. Brilliant stuff. Cheers, Pete. Okay, yeah, similar one for yourself, Jay. Three wins from three for Liverpool, 100% record, no goals conceded. Um, what's your thoughts on who's been Liverpool's standout performers so far in these three games? And I know we touched on it before, but who do you think needs to just improve slightly and up the game? Uh, give us a little bit of an overview of the first three games Uh player performances please Jay
1: well we had this conversation didn't we the other day in, in the WhatsApp group about it and I think obviously we're keeping three clean sheets Virgil van Dijk is just an absolute Rolls Royce of a centre half He's for me he's he's the clearly the best in the Premier League and obviously one of the best in Europe as well and he's just fantastic he's like a Rolls Royce as I keep on saying about him he's tremendous um, but what you've got to also realise is Joe Gomez is He's hardly ever played centre-half in his Liverpool career. He's only 21 years of age, but he's been at the club for three or four years now, and he's played at left-back, he's played at right-back. And this is his first major run of games, and it's only three games, but he just looks fantastic alongside Van Dijk. And, you know, we go on, don't we? I mean, last season, Dajan Loveland's coming for a lot of criticism in his Liverpool career, and quite rightly so, because he's error-prone. But... If you look at the back end of last season when he started partnering Van Dyke in the side, he actually looked a good player, didn't he? Because it just shows you how good Van Dyke really is. But you'd have to say Van Dyke's been one of the standout performers for Liverpool. It's quite clear, it's quite evident. And we don't really give up many opportunities to the opposition, let alone, like, obviously conceded no goals at all at the moment. And Alisson's had a couple of shots to save. And what he's had to do, he's done really well also. So there's two players that have stood out in both three, if you include Gomez. Andy Robertson's played well in in all three games as well for me. I think Trent struggled a little bit. I think some of his passions being off and his delivery into the box is not being great. He's been caught out a few times, but he was a 19 year old boy and you know, people forget sometimes. I mean, last season he got terrorised in a couple of games, certainly against Wilfred Zaha, against Palace, and against Rashford as well at Old Trafford. But in most other games, he done well, and he actually done well in the Champions League final. To be fair to him as well, didn't he? So you know, you can tell as a player in there, and when you're in. Your- Nineteen, you're gonna have times when you're struggling a little bit. Now that's not me getting on the lads' back, but you know he's nineteen at the end of the day, and it's credit to him that he's in this star-studded Liverpool team. But I do think he struggled a little bit so far. I said before, didn't I? I think if you, if you're gonna pick the standout players in an attacking sense or controlling the game, if you like, I think Milner and Wijnaldum have been outstanding in all three games. Cater was good in the first two, struggling against Brighton, and and. Strangely enough, it's the forward three players who who were obviously the star men for Liverpool and the ones that make us tick and the ones that you know the match winners. They've been a little bit undercooked, haven't they? It's weird. I mean, I said before about Firmino; he's, he struggled in all of the games. Really, Mane was okay. I mean, obviously scored two against West Ham, played quite well against Crystal Palace, and obviously got the goal that sealed it at the end. And then you know you're looking at Salah saying Salah hasn't really hit form yet, but. He got the winner against Brighton on Saturday and then against Crystal Palace. He, he was he was vitally important in that game, really, because he won the penalty, didn't he? And then, obviously, the, they had a man sent off for a foul on Salah and then he got the assist for the goal, didn't he, for Mane at the end. And it's mad to think, well, you're looking at it now saying, well, Salah hasn't really played very well yet, but he's been a key contributor, hasn't he, to, to all three games because he, he actually scored our first goal against West Ham as well. So it, it's hard to be too critical about a team that's, played three games, won all three games, and you know scored seven and and conceded zero. And this is what I was trying to say before. We haven't even really played that well yet. We haven't got out of second gear. The players are not looking 100% in sync. They're not 100% fit. So that's what I'm saying going into this game now at the weekend against Leicester. If Liverpool can get another victory on board and get make it 12 out of 12 and be basically top of the three going into the inter- national break, with potential now for more of the fitness levels to come back, you know, deeper into September time, then, you know, it's only positive for Liverpool, isn't it? Going forward in terms of wanting to be genuine title contenders, because we've just got to keep on winning at the end of the day. It's tough for Liverpool in September, because we've got an away trip to Tottenham. We've got an away trip to Chelsea as well, so, you know, it it was a bonus, really, with Manchester City dropping points at the weekend there, but, you know, Chelsea have won all three games Tottenham have won all three games so it's it's still going to be very tight at the top and you know Liverpool haven't got going yet which is mad but you know we've had three wins out of three so there's, there's certainly no complaints from my angle
2: brilliant stuff thanks Jay okay then lads um what we're gonna do now before we uh we play the music that we have on each week we're gonna get a, a score prediction and a, and a reason for that from you both so um well, Leicester's the home team. Going to go with you first, Peter. A score prediction and your, your reasons for that, please, mate?
3: Well, uh, there's always plenty of goals between Liverpool and Leicester. They're always very good games. No wonder it's been picked for TV. Um, I think oh, It's difficult for me and it's difficult for any fan of a club to say that they're going to lose, um, especially when they play at home. I just think Liverpool are the team who worry me most in terms of Playing Leicester at the King Power, and then when you missing Vardy as well, it, it just because we've got a, a great record against you, we've got a great record against Man City as well when we play them at home. Um, I, I just hope it's a very exciting, quick game, plenty of goals. I'm going to go for. I want to go for either side to win it out of five goals. I think it's going to be three-two to either side. I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool score in the first twenty minutes. Uh, it could easily be two or three nil, and if that happens, I wouldn't be surprised. But for me, I think maybe Le- Leicester probably coming back into it late on, but maybe just not quite getting
2: there. Brilliant, thanks, Pete. Okay, then Jay, hit us with your score prediction
1: and your reasons, please. Right, well, I think we might possibly concede our first goal of the season because I do think it's a tough place to go, Leicester. I really do. And it's interesting what people were saying before about maybe Leicester, the seventh best team. And I actually thought that last season, but they, they had a little bit of a, a, a disappointing campaign really and I know like obviously Everton probably think they're the seventh best team but I do think it's a toss up between the two clubs and it'll be close between the pair of them as well who does get that seventh position because you know you've got to look at the top six and say they are quite a lot better than the rest aren't they so when you're coming up against these, these teams like Leicester, like Palace, like Everton especially away from home they're a big three points to get but I do think even though I've said they're a th- think Leicester might score against us and it'll be the first time we concede this season. I just think we'll have that little bit too much for them in terms of firepower. I mean, sooner or later, our front three are going to click. And people might say, well, they scored four against West Ham, so they did click them. But as I've just said there, when we've spoken about how the season's gone so far, it hasn't been the the front three that we've known. And if they do click on one, one game, they could put four or five past any team, wherever it is. But, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be getting carried away with it, though. I do think that you know Leicester are pretty solid, as I mentioned before. They've got a good spine to the team, and DD's a good player, Maguire's a good player, and obviously they've got a good goalkeeper as well. So, all things considered, I think Liverpool will get the three points, but I think it'll be hard fought. So, I'll go for a 2-1 Liverpool victory. 2-1, vict- uh, 2-1 Liverpool victory for Jay. Yeah, I'd
2: go... Um... Along similar lines to that myself, I think going to the King Power Stadium, obviously it's always always a tough game, plus it's an early kick-off as well, isn't it? So sometimes this Liverpool team never never gets out of bed um, for these early games, do they? And it can be a bit of a sluggish start. I've seen it once or twice over the past couple of seasons. So um, it'll be interesting to see how, how, the, uh, how they start off in this 12.30 kick-off. But yeah, I'm going to say the same. Close game, I think we'll just nick it uh, 2-1 with that. A little bit of extra firepower up front. I think. Um, I think personally, Shakiri's going to come in, whether that that is for Firmino or or Salah or or whoever. I think Shakiri's going to start this game, and I think he's ready as well because he's he's looked good as he? he's looked sharp. He's when he's pre-season scored that great overhead kick. So I think he's ready to um, to attack this Liverpool side himself. And um, fingers crossed, we'll get that victory on. On Saturday, I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory. Okay, just before we go, Peter, I'm just going to uh, introduce the band that we're going to play. Uh, The guys uh, have been in touch with us on on Twitter once again. Played these bands a couple of times over the past couple of seasons. They're called uh, Burning Astronomers. And the song I'm going to play for you tonight is called Peaceful Psychedelia.
0: Oh From the banks of Mersey To the Seven Delta Trail
2: Hi, Jack the Producer here. If you'd like some more football podcasts by Ronnie Dog Media, then you should join Luke Glanville and guests on the West Ham Matters podcast. Luke interviews fellow journalists each week, including stats,
0: facts, incredibly hard quizzes and crazy predictions.
3: I'm going to be overly confident and I'm going to say that West Ham are going to sneak into the top six. You can find West Ham
0: Matters on iTunes, SoundCloud and Acast.
2: Okay, so that's the... Uh cop table preview of the Leicester versus Liverpool game this this coming weekend. Thanks very much for your time and coming on the show again, Pete.
3: Yeah, no worries and good luck with your title race because I certainly think it's between you and Man City and from a completely neutral point of view, I hope it's you guys because uh, I think you've got a, a, tr- a brilliant side, some fantastic signings, the goalkeeper Van Dyke. Imagine Van Dyke alongside Maguire. Uh, there's two centre-halves in the Premier League. Wow. What, what a defence that but um, maybe for next
2: season there you never know but yeah good luck and hopefully you win it Yeah that, that that certainly would be some uh, wall at the back that wouldn't it with them two doesn't really bear thinking about because the uh, two giants in there be fantastic but yeah we'll see how that one pans out but yeah thanks again Peter, and that's the uh, the cup table preview of the Liverpool Leicester versus Liverpool game this coming weekend at the King Power Stadium we'll be back next week with our Spurs preview thanks very much and goodbye
0: The kids. I heard a
2: Hope you enjoyed today's cop table. Please do follow us on Twitter at the underscore cop underscore table. And don't forget for all your Liverpool analysis and opinion, head over to liverpoolfchq.com. We'll see you next week.
1: So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season
3: and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.